ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Proud to share this episode thanks to these fine companies I depend on in the field. Game Changer Calls. The GC was designed with all hunting callers in mind. Though elk is the intended target, the unique size is a game-changing tool for turkey and coyote callers as well. It is not designed to replace your tube or open reads, but rather to complement the caller's repertoire in the field. Burris Optics. Find what matters. Proudly made in the USA. Hoffman Boots. If you're heading to the backcountry and you need some meals that won't bog you down, check out SasquatchFuel.com. 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. The pack system for all your scenarios, initial ascent, expect more and never settle. Titanium Archery Products. Dedicated archers deserve truly unique products that provide all the performance attributes that they demand. And that's exactly what TAP delivers. Western Fly Covers. Ultralight element protection for your gear. Stay on your game. For more brands we run and trust, jump on westerncontours.com partners page. Look for the code Western Contours and save a few dollars off your order. So we're on. This is a uh, number two with my buddy Darren McCall out of Washington. Uh, number one, never hit the air. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what happened, man. Um, I kicked my, that was, that was at least in my opinion, that was a great conversation, a great episode. And I searched in my cloud and on my computer. I don't know what the heck I did with that app, man, but welcome back brother. Yeah. Uh, thanks man. So why don't we just jump in, man? Um, you know, let folks know who you are and et cetera, et cetera. Talk about the outdoors and then uh, we'll get rolling. Yeah. So uh, Darren McCall, um, originally from Eastern Oregon, uh, grew up hunting and fishing all in the Blue Mountains. Uh, never really went anywhere else uh, until I moved to Colorado uh, about 
seven years ago. And then uh, from there, moved to Washington and been hunting the hunting the mountains over here in eastern Washington. So how how is eastern de- different than over west? Because there's some differences in tags and and weapons and draw washington's kind of a weird state at least to me from you know the outside looking in um having to select the weapon if you hunt with bow you can't hunt with rifle etc etc how is it any different over east oh man so elk season uh so if you were to you know put in for archery tag or whatever and you drew that tag you can only hunt on the east side if you put in for east side tag but if you drew a deer tag you can hunt both sides so it's it's so, prim- it's species dependent i will so so it's species dependent and weapon dependent then yes yeah, yeah. unless you unless you pay for you know you put in for the um, multi-season tag mm-hmm. which they have it for deer and elk but uh i mean you're for elk it's almost worth it because you almost need that much time to find the elk here in the state (laughs) (laughs) but uh deer i mean you can find deer anywhere over here white tail muleys they're they're pretty much all over the place nice so i don't honestly man i don't know where to start um Man, for a while it was the Morel King. <laughs> that was that was the moniker I gave you, man, because it seemed like every time I saw a post, you had a it was oh, yeah. a, a tailgate full of morels, man. Uh, oh yeah, man. When did we record? This last year was actually what was that? When did we record? Was that twenty nineteen or was it twenty twenty? I think it was twenty nineteen, huh? Yeah, it was twenty nineteen. Yeah. Damn, that year went by fast. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> Which which yeah. is odd, right? Considering you know where where we found ourselves in in twenty twenty. Um, oh yeah, it blew by yeah, in hindsight. Yeah, twenty twenty just, yeah. <laughs> just drug along. Seemed like yeah, it was <laughs> weird. Uh, definitely a weird year. So the morel yeah. season last year was that uh, was that any better than that twenty nineteen? Because twenty nineteen you were loading. Yeah. No, I, so twenty twenty that was. I mean. Last year was probably the best year I've had since I was a kid. Like <laughs> you, anywhere you went, there was mushrooms. It was crazy. insane. Yeah, what? and it hasn't been like that for a lot of years. So it was just enough rain, enough moisture. The snow stuck along, uh, or stuck long wow. enough. You know. <laughs> what's What's the trick? Because you say that, but then. I saw a couple guys that are usually out there, you know, doing damage. Um, I shouldn't say doing damage that, that it has a negative connotation. Um, but harvest in a bunch of morels um, that didn't have that great of a year. Is there a trick to it? Is there, a, you know, do you have your spots that are, you know, you're able to return to year after year that, uh, that give you good results? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So we always go back to Eastern Oregon and, you know, it's just historical spots. Like ever since I was a little kid, we just hit the same spots every year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if it's not good in those spots and I kind of venture out and try to hit other spots, but, um, seems like the people that, you know, aren't finding them and stuff they're they might be, you know, a little bit too late or too early. Mm. You have to hit it just perfect, man. We try to, we try to gauge it around June 1st. And then sometimes, you know, you're a little bit late for one spot. So you got to go up in elevation. 
and you guys are canning those morels or you just devoured them all? <laughs> so what we do, because, uh, I mean, the wife and kids only like it, you know, like one way and that's you crush up saltine crackers, uh, cut the mushrooms in half, roll them in, uh, eggs and then the cracker crumbs and then fry them up like that. And then you can, uh, food saver them and they'll last all, all year long. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not in a spot where I've ever had the opportunity, but man, that, uh, Morels are good. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, when, we, when we lived in Colorado, they don't really have any over there. So every time, because you know, we go all the way back to Oregon just to go mushroom picking. Oh, no way. And uh, yeah, bring them back to Colorado <laughs> with us. And everybody's like, dude, where do you find these? And I'm like, you got you to go all the way to Oregon, man. <laughs> dude, that's you could probably buy morels <laughs> cheaper than that, than that, John. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't get the same enjoyment out with, with the family and, you know, doing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we'd go for like a week, you know, two weeks at a time just to, just to go hang out in the mountains. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So what else has been up? How did uh, your 2020 season go in terms of animals? <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the best year we've had for a long time as well. Every one of us tagged out on animals. So. And then I shot my first uh, whitetail buck, so that was pretty amazing. What? Uh, so I I know it, but what? Uh, every one of us. So give us the give us the rundown, ages, and all that. Uh, like for my wife and yeah. uh, daughters yep. tags and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So my daughter, she ended up shooting her first one this year, first buck, and uh, like a real nice one. We we're having it mounted. But uh, she's only 16. Uh, she's shot does in the past and stuff like that, but just never could really get her on a decent buck. And then this last year, um, she ended up, uh, her teacher's husband allowed us to hunt on his land. So she got to hunt some like prime private property oh, nice. and uh, ended up getting a real nice four by four muley. Uh, yeah, she she missed it the first shot at like 200 and, you know, 17 yards or something like that. And then we ended up uh, running up over the ridge and then he was just, you know, like 110, 115 yards and she ended up getting uh, double wounded. And then, uh, yeah, the, so her hunt ended up, then we didn't find anything for my wife and she uh, ended up going late season. We ended up getting a little spike for her during the late season. That that would sound that would sound like a consolation prize, right? But if you follow if you follow oh, your yeah. your adventures and and your family, um, it wasn't. It was a we got it done type deal. And I man, that was one of the things that I oh, appreciate. Yeah. You know, when we when we're able to share those experience, and it doesn't really matter. Um, we're talking yeah. bone on the head, so it was cool to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's. You know, it's funny because not a lot of people see like, you know, how much time we don't really have to go on there. They, they just see the post on Instagram and just, you know, maybe assume that I have the whole season off or something. But that's not the case. Like we'll have for my wife and daughter's tags, we'll have the weekends and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. So. And I can I can totally see that perception. Right. Because you guys are. It seems like an every weekend thing. 
I mean, yeah. just about. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I'm exactly. like, damn, yeah, Darren. My wife works. I'm like, Darren's <laughs> out again, and I'm, you know, stuck doing something. I'm a son of a gun. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I I have a weird schedule and my wife doesn't like she works a regular nine to five, so she you know that's all the only time she has is during the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, man, one of our OG bullets, if you will, was a family that outdoors together, right? And yeah. it, and I say it, you know, quite often, right? But but hunting. A lot of hunting is is a selfish endeavor, right? It's this fulfillment that we seek as individuals, um, and your yep. and your page uh, is one of them that displays the the full circle, right? Because you have your solo experience, but then I saw I've seen the value since we recorded, you know, in 2019. I've seen the value, yep. and and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm making assumptions, so sorry, but I've seen the value <laughs> in your eyes. And how you share it on your page, that value has increased with having the wife and the girls out with you. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, you know, back track to 2019, like I think I've changed my, my page name twice now. <laughs> like it was just my name and then try to do some stuff with my buddies and then that kind of fell apart. So I was like, you know what, like I'm always going to have this. So I'm just going to make a DMC family outdoors and then we'll, we'll go from there and I'll have my own, you know, solo experiences, obviously, which everybody does. And then for the most part, uh, you know, cause we do so much stuff in the mountains together. It's either hiking, fishing, you know, just camping, hunting together, whatever we do, everything. So, so where, where did that, did you find more value out there with, with the girls or, or how did that change come about? What, what kind of flipped that switch? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of been like searching for, you know, the right name for the page and all that, but, uh, it just made sense to keep it all just us, you know? Um, I mean, I'm still obviously going to go out with some buddies and I'll be posting that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, because family in the outdoors, it's like really important to me as a dad, you know? So I just figured that, you know, I'd keep it that. So I'm going to, I'm going to reel you in. So maybe I didn't, yeah. I, I may have not asked, right. But what, not talking about the name of the Instagram page, but, but the actual experience that you're having, right. It seems that like, you know, from outside oh, yeah. looking in, like there was a value increase with that shared time with the family outdoors. So that's where I was going. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, pretty much all my favorite experiences with, was with my family. So, and family's important, should be to everybody. So should be <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed, right. Cause I mean, my, my hunting for years has predominantly been a solo experience. Um, yeah. And I've always enjoyed, I still enjoy it, but the more, you know, the more I hunt, um, with folks and then my wife went out this year, um, finally, um, you know, and chased elk with me for, for a week, um, man, there was so much, there was so much added value in that and being able to come home and talk about a story and have the same yeah. memory. Cause it, it was always like, I, I wish I could, you know, somehow download this and get you to see and be in this moment. But man, what, yeah. what huge increased value for me 
you know, being able to talk about those moments and her having her own response to that moment, you know, outside of, oh, okay, not understanding what went down. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a trip to, to see it in someone else's eyes, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. I don't know if it's, because, uh, uh, I mean, I think everybody goes through the same thing, like, in their younger years, uh, you know, they're kind of wanting to go out and, like, really hit it hard, but... Uh, the last couple of years I've been like, I'll still go out and, you know, hit it hard during elk season. But uh, as far as everything else, I kind of slowed down a little bit and trying to take in everything a little bit better. I'm making her, I'm making her ruck already <laughs> getting ready, <laughs> yeah, really you good. know, because I don't want to, you don't want to lose the drive out there. Right. Or the go, go, go. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, and and like this year, it was like, okay, I'm a slow, I'm gonna slow it down. Not not say that it was necessary, but you don't want to yeah. put them in that position to where you know they feel like they're hindering you or can't keep up, or they hate it because you're just you know you're running away. So yeah, exactly. finding that finding <laughs> yeah. that balance for me was like, hey, babe, we're gonna uh, start rucking now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I still struggle that like with my daughter. Every time we go out, she's like. She's like, I thought you were going to say it's like easy this time. And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, it's easy in my brain. Yeah. Subjective. It's a different story then. <laughs> That's, it's definitely subjective. So I, we went out on, was that Saturday? I don't know. Saturday, Sunday and uh, woke up super early, hit the mountain, sat out, watched the sunrise, had breakfast, and then went from like 34 to 56. And it was just a road, a road ruck. And it started dumping on us. And I'm like, oh man, she's for sure. She's for sure going to oh, tell yeah. me we're out of here. And uh, man, she plugged away. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we're in it now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It was, it's pretty <laughs> cool, man. That, that experience with, with them out there, like I said, man, not having to try and get them to understand and see it in, you know, see it in their own way. But, you know, we, that shared yeah. experience is just freaking phenomenal, yeah. dude. Phenomenal. Yeah. Did she get to hear some elk bugle? Did she hear any? Off in the distance, yes. She heard some glunks, yeah. which that, I don't know if you've heard them glunking. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, dude. I think that got me more excited. Her eyes got like big as silver dollars. Like what oh, the yeah. hell noise is that? But those glunks, man, that got me fired up too. It's like, Oh crap. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like this last year, this is the first year I've uh, really hit a, you know, hard for the whole month ever. Really. I don't, I don't think I've ever taken the whole elk season off <laughs> until this last year. But, uh, yeah, just the the one experience that we, me and my buddy had that we had a bull come in to ten or fifteen yards, but there's so much reprod that you can see him, <laughs> but you can just hear him breathing. You just tell how mad he was, <laughs> you know, just just that close. It just gets your your blood pumping. Oh, that's for dude. sure. That adrenaline when they get that close oh, and you dude. can hear that, you know, whether they're breathing or glunking or rubbing is just unfreaking believable. Yeah. It's not, you can hear the horns coming through the trees. You're like, geez, man, oh, that's man. close. What's uh, <laughs> how was that? So I, I kind of did the same thing. Right. And said, you know, told work, Hey, all of September I'm out, I'm gone. 
And they kind of yeah. looked at me like oddball, like, huh, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm, serious. <laughs> yeah. I'm you know, this I'm doing the, we, we, it, dude, it sounds cliche to say it right, but we only live once or there is only so many Septembers. And that's what I, you know, I was like, you know, I don't know how many of these I'm going to get. And, and yeah, it's, you know, so how was that? How did, how did everyone respond? Because it is, that's a hard thing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm gone this long. Or were you away from work and not home? with that yeah so I, yeah so i was a i was away from work uh you know all the way to eastern oregon so uh, i'm pretty fortunate like i get quite a bit of annual leave mm-hmm. per year at my job so you know that's really not a big issue it's just uh being away from the wife and kids though that long that, that was the hard part for right. me like and then i didn't have a whole lot of uh cell phone service up there where that so I kind of wish I would have had one of those in reaches or the Zolios, but, uh, yeah, I didn't have any of that. So I had to borrow my buddy's phone once in a while to go make a phone call. Yeah. yeah that was the yeah. hard, I think that was the hardest part for me was, uh, oh, yeah. cause I did, what did we do? I did 23 days. I think, I think I was 11 days in. No. Yeah probably sooner than that. And I called the wife and I was like, Hey, just find a, find a flight to this city and I'll pick you up in a day. And uh, she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm going crazy. And uh, we, we had a rock. So there was at least with my phone, there was one rock and I had to be over this rock to get any signal. And it was intermittent (laughs) at best, man. And sitting there trying to text or so at my buddy had the in reach, and uh, it made me oh, buy nice. one, so I'm set up this year. So, I, yeah. Uh, see, I was gonna buy one before season started, and it never, never happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I just had to keep on borrowing my buddy's phone. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it was an awesome. I mean, it was kind of a, a like the worst timing on you know the whole COVID deal, mm-hmm. all that. Like, because my my wife had to teach the kids at home. <laughs> and I'm gone for a whole month. So I'm, she was like, you know, not very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so how did that did? Well, I guess it, I don't know if it did or not, but it, it didn't at least again. Right. Because the only exposure that we really have is like social media and whatnot. Did that, did that impact you guys um, in terms of your seasons and what your plans were to, you know, what it ended up uh, turning out to be? Well, I think honestly, I think we spent more time in the mountains this year than we have in forever because uh, just my work schedule got cut back to we were working one week on with two weeks off. Oh, shoot. You know, for that 14 day Mm -hmm. quarantine deal. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd only have to work seven days and then I'd have 14 off. So we just, we just jet over to Oregon, go spend two weeks in the mountains. Holy crap. That actually doesn't yeah. sound like a bad deal in my book, Dude, man. It wasn't, man. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, no, it was, a, it was a good thing I had money and savings because I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Should have saved it, but you know, we had a lot more fun anyways. Yeah, I mean, what do you, you can't take it with you and you know the the uncertainty of of all that i mean we're kind of still in that realm right but the uncertainty of all that was just like 
you know, at, at, at least for us, it was at first it was like, you know, there was a little bit of fear involved because you didn't know when the onset was right. We didn't know if this, you know, what's going on. Is this, you know, how's this going to impact us and are we going to be healthy? And then it started to tailspin. It was like, oh, goodness, they're shutting stuff down. What about work? Yeah. And then it got to the point where it's like, OK, what can we just do to enjoy this and just deal to get through this situation? And the one thing that was nice here when they closed everything, the mountains were still open. You know what I mean? As they closed yeah. parks and the SOBs tried to close beaches and, but you could still oh, yeah. go to the mountains, man. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, same thing happened here. Really. We're, we're kind of <laughs> Washington kind of mirrors California. So yeah, unfortunately for, <laughs> I don't know, man, you know what? Everybody's, you know, everybody says mirrors California, but dude, you get over to Seattle and even Oregon folks are saying that. <laughs> and you look at Portland, dude, that was way oh, yeah. worse than we had oh, any yeah. shit going on down here. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad that I live you know, far away from all that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm out in the small rural, rural area. So. They, they're still running yeah. you guys. So that's the, you oh, know what yeah, I mean? That's the worst part. Season and, yeah. and fishing, the first part of it. And I was like, what is going on? It's craziness. <laughs> I was like, we can't go to the mountains. Are you serious? Oh, that, that was, yeah, that was nuts, man. I was actually, I actually wonder how that turned out for them. Right. Because that loss of revenue with those early seasons had to hurt, um, yeah. fishing game yeah, up there people, yeah because people weren't buying fishing licenses or anything yeah. like they they pretty much just shunned it i was reading some of the um forums and stuff for uh washington state fish and wildlife and it was it was bad they were getting harped on pretty bad i mean I'm, well yeah but was it on them or was that you know your your wonderful governor running all yeah. that right yeah. I don't know which one was worse. I don't know if it's our, <laughs> if our fish and wildlife director or both of them or what. But. And I, I think to a point, right. I mean, with the way, at least, you know, looking at it, the way that the politics seemed to work, it was like, if folks weren't falling in line, there was repercussions for that is, is kind of how it seemed yeah. because we had, you know, we had mayors and, and, you know, folks that were being resistant to it and they, it was like, yeah. they did it for as long as they could. And then businesses were, you know, getting health boards and stuff sent on them, um, from the state. And it was just like, okay, they're, that's how they're going to play this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the most frustrating thing was for me was, uh, you know, Idaho just east of us you know, for what, two hours east of us, none of those guys had to really, you know, cut back on anything. So right. you'd see, you'd see all the fishermen and turkey hunters and stuff like that, you know, going out and doing time. And then we we're stuck here inside. I was like, man, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And we never that, that, and we were fortunate as much as, you know, I don't go to the beach and all that stuff. So we were fortunate. We never, we never had any shutdowns like that, you know, to our hunting or yeah. fishing. So yeah, unless it yep. was, you know, a regional park pond or something like that, you know, folks were walking around to fish in, but yeah. you know, outside of that, that was it. Yeah, exactly. No, oh. yeah, it's just madness, man. Well, I hope to see some kind of end to this madness. They just lifted, they lifted some of our restrictions. I think we've been on, on the lockdown thing for, an, I don't know, this is like the third or fourth one. It's been a month and a half or two months. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think they just, 
you can they can go back to outdoor dining. I think barbershops and like beauty salons, gyms can go back to outside. Um, they didn't full on lifted, but uh, they're pulling some of that stuff off finally. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think February our kids are allowed to go back to sports and stuff like that. So hopefully, hopefully that happens. Like that's been the worst on my daughter because she's big into softball and all that. So she's used to going, 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 and now she's sitting at home like yeah. <laughs> just twiddling her thumbs. You know, <laughs> you know when you look at it, I mean that that's that's where the at least in my head that is the biggest like heartbreaking impact is to our kids, man. They're, they're, you know what I mean? With not just with the fear factor of people not wanting their kids, you know, hanging out and playing and stuff like that, but you know, no school. So the social activity, so now they're, it's all blue screen. Every freaking thing for our kids has been blue screen unless you're making the conscious effort to get them out, man. And not everyone can get them out, you know? So it's a feel for them. I can't even imagine having to homeschool the kids, make adjustments. There's folks where, you know, both parents work and now only one's working. I mean, just, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. It's definitely frustrating, but uh, it was kind of hard on us. Fortunately we had our mother-in-law come over and she's been helping teach the kid, the kids and all that. while you know, I'm at work and, my wife's at work. She works at the school. So, you know, not having the kids at the school and then here at the house, it's just, it's just weird. Yeah. That's a rough one. How did, did you have to do any teaching? Cause I know a lot of the folks were like, I got What the heck is this new math stuff? I can't teach this. Yeah. I, so I found that out early on that I am not a teacher, man. That's why the mother opened out. Heck yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that new uh, Common Core math and all that. I I look at it. I'm just like, why? <laughs> does it, dude? It, does it, my kids are gone, but you know, you see all this stuff, so you you get curious. And I'm looking. And I'm like, this shit doesn't even make sense. Like, why are we making something so much harder than it actually is? Like, it, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah it's craziness. <laughs> yep. But yeah, you. So you got a pretty nice. Uh, is it a blacktail over there? No, that that's a muley. Everybody thinks that because it's it's on that island. But yeah, those are those are all mule deer on that island. They uh, oh, nice. when Wrigley bought that island, I think that was in the twenties or thirties. I want to say it was thirty two. Could be wrong on that date. Forgive me. Um, they transplanted thirteen mule deer from Angeles National Forest and three from okay. Modoc National, and they just let them go. Um, so that island's population is, is all mule deer though. When you, two of the bucks that I've killed on that Island and they, and, and each part of the Island has different characteristics and you can, at least for me, I can see the characteristics in the horn. Um, and there, there's a couple that are, it's like, dude, they had to have whitetail on that Island at one time. There's no documented record of it, but there is rumor, um, I think that was, was it last year's buck? No, it was a year before. When you look at his left side, it's like, that's a white tail. It, it's yeah. a trip, man. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're all mule deer over there. It's what a, I love that hunt, dude. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> this is some nice bucks out there for sure. They're uh, yeah. It seems seems like we get quite a bit of that uh, that crossbreeding going on over here too, because mm-hmm. it, it's it's weird because it's mostly mule deer country out here, and right. so like you have you know a low dip in the elevation, and then there's a herd of mule or a white tail. <laughs> so yeah, so they're intermingling, I think. There's actually uh, Jim Huntsman did a yeah. podcast with Dr. Valerius Geis, and they actually talk about how the uh, whitetail will drive out the mule deer bucks and mate oh, the yeah. mule deer doe. Um, really interesting. Yeah. I had no idea. You, you know, you would think it would be the other way around. Um, yeah. Just based on size, but it's not the case. It, it was, it's pretty yeah, interesting. Those, those whitetail are like, they're pretty you know, dominant compared yeah. to a mule. You wouldn't think so, but you, if you hunt them for a few years, you start watching, you know, their behavior, mm-hmm. especially. So this year, this is my first time ever hunting the whitetail rut and do, they do some crazy stuff that snorting and stomping and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just weird. Yeah. Our black tail do a whole, that. A whole lot different game. Yeah. A whole lot different game than it is mule deer hunting. Yeah. Do you do you go uh, over west and hunt any blacktails up there? No, I haven't. I would I would like to because my uh, my father in law actually lives over on the I five corridor. Oh, okay, and uh, yeah, and he he hunts blacktail mostly. That's but, a, uh, it. Looks looks like a blast. There's some nice bucks over there. Yeah, they're a pain in the ass though. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, man! That's a well. Yeah. You know, rifles one thing, but but hunting them archery, man, they. Yeah, that's a that's a wiry sob. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. I've I've heard they're worse than whitetail. So. Oh dude, they're spooky. <laughs> and I've hunted I've hunted all three, and they are yeah. by far the the spookiest of the critters in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, I mean, you any sound, dude? They're gone. They don't look. They don't. They're they're out. They don't question yeah. anything. You know, some bucks like hunting whitetail, right? They'll they'll bust a little bit and they'll stop and look back at you and give you an opportunity again if you blew it. But man, I've had yeah. I've had blacktail where they they'll see you, they'll smell you, and there's no. It doesn't matter if you're three hundred yards away. They're out. They're they're not having yeah, any part of you. Yeah, they remind <laughs> yeah. me of elk in that way, right? That elk wins yeah. you, and he's he's booking it, and they're kind of the oh, same yeah. way in my head. Oh yeah, yeah. I got frustrated on elk probably four or five times this year. This last year, it was it was a you know it's a good eye opener. That's for sure. So <laughs> so you said you spent almost a month, man. So you got to give us some you got to give us some elk talk. Oh yeah, so. I got on elk pretty much every single day. You know, there's probably three or four days that I didn't really see anything. It was just one, you know, some of those slow days where you just don't even hear anything. But uh, for the most part, I was on elk or smell elk every single day. And ended up uh, getting my buddy on a a nice five point. I had him set up next to a wallow. And I, I went to another spot where I thought, you know, maybe I could get into another herd and you know, it turns out <laughs> it was his first day up there and I set him up in a spot. I thought it, you know, it would be a decent spot to set him up for the first day. And, you know, he ends up having a five point come right to him, but he was probably 80 yards and he didn't feel comfortable at taking the shot. Mm-hmm. Ended up winning him and then, uh, you know, blew that whole herd out. But, uh, I had him on bulls two different, two different times, you know, within a week 
and uh, it just could never happen. <laughs> Gotta love him. Did you have opportunity? I had no, so I ended up getting a cow. So the unit that I had, you can shoot either or. Mm-hmm. I think they changed that this year. But yeah, I ended up getting a smaller cow just to, you know, put meat in the freezer. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's uh but uh yeah, so it was it was a pretty action packed year really. It was it was hard because all the smoke and the hunting pressure was ridiculous this year. Mm-hmm. But uh I grew up over there, so I know, you know, where most people hunt and then you can dive down in the nasty stuff to get on them. But isn't that all of Oregon? Never... <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All Eastern Oregon's kind of crazy like that. <laughs> if it but, isn't uh, if it yeah, isn't it, over it west. Oh, sorry, man. That oh, go for it. No, I was saying if it if you know you get over to the Cascades and then west of the five, it's uh it's a freaking jungle. I mean, all of that that whole area is a freaking yeah. jungle unless you're, you know, warehouser passing it or something like that. And you got, you know, those old clear yeah. cuts and whatnot, but yeah, you watch born and raised and stuff like that when they're hunting, you know, their home turf. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if that'd be enjoyable or not <laughs> going yeah. through sticker bushes and stuff, you know, 24 seven. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I'm itching to get up there and hunt. I was actually supposed to hunt up there last season and then when you know when they went through their covid cycle and the uncertainty i was like you know what i'm blowing it out of the water i'm just buying i'm buying the sure shot colorado otc because they hadn't closed anything to non-res so i'll have to uh i'll have to map oregon out but i think this year i'm focused on getting back into wyoming Um, oh okay i I, my points are my points are i like right at the right at the bottom level. So I should get in. Yeah. If I do. Yeah. That, that's on my bucket list too. Wyoming looks awesome. Dude. I don't yeah. know, man. I think, I think Wyoming has the best and, and you know, people will argue it, but I think they have the best management strategy across yeah. the board, right. With, with their herd numbers, how they do now, they're actually doing it a little getting into it a little better and they're actually holding off and doing the herd counts. That's why the draw pushed um, doing the herd count and not going off of averages, but even how they limit the amount of uh, non-res tags, um, you you know, making that point system. It's essentially in my head, it's a, it's a four point guaranteed state. Uh, If you got two or three, you can get in there if you're looking for a bull tag, but man, Wyoming is just, Dude, it's next level. You get out there and you're yeah. everywhere you look, there's just antelope just running. And then you talking to guys that are there, you know, you pass a buck and then I'm like, you know, I'm looking at bucks, dude. And I'm going, holy <laughs> hell. And they're like, ah, man, that guy has like three more years to go. And I'm looking at this deer yeah. and I'm going, dude, that's 150, 160 inch deer. What do you mean? It's a I know, giant. Doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so when I lived in Colorado for two years, we'd come back, you know, for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that. And, uh, going through Wyoming, man, like out by, uh, Flaming Gorge and all that, mm-hmm. like, dude, I mean, just herds of 40, 50 antelope. And yeah. it's like, I mean, just everywhere, every couple of miles, it's like that. Yep. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I'm pretty sure if you drew a tag, it wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> no, I I think I'm going to do that too this year. If we end up back there, I, I got enough antelope points to to get a good tag. So I think I'll I'll do both this year, and then I'll I'll move on. I just I gotta I gotta seal the deal in Wyoming, man. Oh yeah, and then yeah, I'll definitely. then I'll probably hold on to it, you know, for a few years and try and get one of their uh, one of their more prestigious or premier tags, you know, get seven yeah. to 10 points built up or something and get into one of those, you know, 50 to 100 areas. Yeah. Which is crazy to see to me. You look at like, what is that? I think it's uh, I think it's elk unit seven. I think it's like fifth uh, bull to cow is 51 to 100. And oh, I, don't, wow. I don't think I've I think Wyoming's the only state that I've ever noticed a, a, a bull to cow that high. That's just nuts yeah. to me, man. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that either. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, typically you're like, you know, I'm happy to see like 18 and up to 100. You yeah. know, most of these OTC yeah. units are in like the the low teens, you know, 12 to I, yeah. shit. We were hunting 12 to one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, think, I don't know what. Uh, the unit is that I was hunting in Oregon. It's, it's pretty low because there's there's a whole lot of predators up there, mm-hmm. and plus, you know, that you can shoot either or in that unit. Until this year, they just changed it. But uh, yeah, the the elk count's pretty low compared to other spots. Yeah. But um, I, it's just where I grew up hunting, so you know, I know all the sweet spots. <laughs> that I'm dude. What better? What better? intel is there than you know that knowing that geography i mean there it doesn't get any better than that i mean you look at like all the e-scouting now and the nooks and crannies guys are telling you to go after um but going in and actually knowing an area i think is the best is the best way to seal a deal screw herd numbers and everything else yeah yeah that's why i don't really pay attention to that too much when i go over there it's just Cause it, I mean, it's the same spots over and over that hold elk and deer. So it's, you know, if you grew up there, then you got to end. Right. Go for what and, you know. Yeah. And it means, you know, a lot more when I go over there too. That's, that's what keeps pulling me back there is I have so many memories up there. It's just mm-hmm. crazy. Does that, does that serve as a detriment at times though? Cause that's for me, like my, my deer area, right. I, you know, you have this area that holds and it holds and it holds and, you know, you'll go and you won't seal the deal for a couple of years. It's almost like that comfort is a, a, a false sense of security at times, at least for me. Yeah, no, the same here. I think, I think I probably could have done better if I, you know, if I just, you know, shut that, shut that brain wave off and move on to something else. But mm-hmm. it seems like I can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just something that holds me there. So yeah. the fact, well, the fact yep. that, you know, right. Is, is knowing the area. That's yeah. what keeps you there. It's the same. Yeah. yeah. Cause you have like plan, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, down the road, mm-hmm. you know, if your hotspot doesn't work out and somebody busts it, you can, go up the road a few miles and find another spot. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, like with my deer area, the intricacies of the wind, like, you know, it's like, okay, I know at this point, you know, at this time of day, the prevailing wind is here. This is going to be doing this X, you know, it just, it all lends itself to going back timing time again. And there's that one damn deer, man, I can't kill. 
<laughs> yeah. But I, f- yep. I found myself in that same position, you know, with Colorado and that, and that elk tag is we wouldn't go there. 2019 was our first season there and you learn so much, right? We went scout and you're studying the geography and, you know, topo after topo and just learning everything. Then you gain that knowledge in that first year. And then we're looking at different units because it's a good unit, but it's not like upper end good, right? Like good plus. And uh, we ended up going back just based on that knowledge. Yeah. It's uh, I think it's, I don't know. I guess it could be a good thing. My elk killing ain't the best at this point. I'm going to say <laughs> I can. No, man, I wish I wouldn't ever stop archery hunting, man. <laughs> Cause the last year is probably the first year uh, since I lived in Oregon that I have archery elk hunting. So it's, I'm a little rusty, but this year brought a whole bunch back. So I'm right. hoping, hoping this year I'm going back again this year and definitely learned a lot. So. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. I I can't put my bow down. It just I can't either anymore, man. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing too. Yeah. And and the problem I I I don't know if it's a problem, but the success rate is so is so much lower. Uh, you know, you take the rifle out, and I'm not going to say it's a guarantee, but damn it, you're gonna yeah. you're you're gonna be in that ninety percent more times than not. And with that bow, it's man. Yeah, you know, you're looking at ten percent trying to be the ninety percent. You know. 90% of the time yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? The, it's, yeah. it's, it's a crazy draw, but I, I don't know something. There's something, something about leveling the playing field to a point. Right. I mean, not that it's full on oh, leveled, yeah. but something about getting, getting down, you know, air quotes, their level with archery equipment, man, that I just can't get enough of. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know I don't even know how to explain it it, it like opens up your senses more yeah. seems like uh yeah this year or this last year this that's the first animal that I've ever wounded and couldn't find I ended up shooting another cow mm-hmm. uh earlier on in the season and I couldn't find it uh I spent three days trying to find that thing and uh, you know, looking back through my mind, you know, replaying the, the scenario and all that, like it, it should have been a dead animal, but, uh, I ended up leaving it overnight and everything came back, fell, fall, uh, found where she laid down two different times and, uh, just couldn't, could never <laughs> find it. She second time she laid down the, the blood dried up. So that, that yeah. is the, it, the absolute worst feeling that I've it ever really experienced, is. man. Yeah. Uh, that was the first time for me, man. That's the first thing I've ever wounded and I found it was, it was like, you know, big, <laughs> big, uh, I don't know what, to, what to even say, but yeah, yeah it's, the, you know, a pretty heart wrenching thing when you wound an animal and you can't find it. Yeah. And then you to realize, to, to realize how, I don't want to say strong is the wrong word, but resilient, I guess those animals are. Um, and some of the, I mean, not just from our experience, but you know, the, some of the stuff we see where, you know, they're walking around with antlers in their head, uh, not the ones that are growing out or in the side or, you know, old wounds from a gunshot or a, a bow. Yeah. Um, yep. Just a, amazing, resilient animal, man. 
but does it make oh, it yeah. does it make it any easier when that blood trail dries up that uh no, it doesn't. yeah i don't and wish that on nobody yeah and it, it's not like i don't know the area well too so like i went you know a couple miles back in there just reading that whole section and there's just nothing yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know what the heck happened yeah, no idea Looked like it should have been a double lung shot and then it just I don't know what happened. When you when you grid, do you use flagging ribbon or do you use one of the uh like onyx or base map or anything like that to kind of Yeah, so I, I use onyx. I'll just use that mapping tool. Mm-hmm. That uh when it gets that bad, I, I'm I'm hanging ribbon, you know, so that way I could just look back. Okay, hey, I've been over there, I'll have a piece flapping. The only issue with it is I have a I can't leave the ribbon. Like I have to go and retrieve the ribbon. So I try to do it to where, you know, if there's a grade break, it'll be long enough for me to see it, you know, maybe going down or up an incline so I can, you know, get my bearings. The problem is I have yeah. to backtrack all them damn things. Cause it drives me nuts to see it hanging off the trees and not, yeah. you know, not pulled out. Yeah. So what I do, I, I usually put that tracker tool on Onyx uh-huh. and then I'll you know, do the gridding. But every time I'll find like a, a big pool of blood or something. I'll I'll hang something in a tree. Mm-hmm. That, that way, you know, I know where the you know the most prevalent spot is, and then I'll go from there. Mm-hmm. I'll mark that on my GPS as well. Backtrack when you need to. That's the worst, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it it dries up, and you think you're good, and then you're you know you're finding yourself going back to that location and uh, starting over. Oh yeah. With my, uh, (laughs) my Wyoming bull, I think we went back to where I shot him probably. And we had good blood, but it was like, man, what, you know, what's going on. And we went back three or four times just to, just to refresh. And, and, and my bull, he ended up doing this big, I mean, just a big loop, dude. When we finally found him, he had basically went and, and this is an assumption, but this is the best assumption I can make after that whole thing played out is he did a loop and he was, he went back to where he initially bugled from once he heard his oh, okay. cow calling. So it, it yeah. looked like it was his bedding area and he just did this yeah. big loop, went down the drainage, came back up to that spot. Well, when he started back uphill, that's where we lost the blood. I mean, it went, it went from, you know, puddles on both sides to nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that was, that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's, the worst. I mean, that's that's more or less what happened with that cow too. It, the only thing that I can think is it hit lower than I thought I hit mm-hmm. because the the pools on both sides of the body were pretty narrow. So that I'm guessing it just barely clipped the bottom part of the lung or something. Now, that's the only thing I can think. But when I seen the arrow hit the animal, it looked like it was perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just something that I'll probably always play out in my mind. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, just a super frustrating thing. Did, when you, but, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, but but archery's my favorite. Yeah, by far. Did that? Did that gut check find you? Did you find yourself evaluating your your gear that you chose to use and your shot? Um. Yeah, so I kept on playing it over and over. Now. It wasn't the gear I was using. It's just, you know, I didn't wait for her to stop completely. Mm-hmm. 
because I had like a little window. She was walking through some reprod and uh, let it fly. And I should have, I should have let out a cow call or something to Try get her to, to stop. stop her. But yeah, didn't happen. So that's the only thing I can think is I was following her body and maybe it glanced off of one of those reprod limbs or something like that. Or she got a big three foot stride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but with that white tail he shot this year, using the same exact setup, and he only went maybe forty yards and tipped over. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I mean, I, I guess the difference there is right the size of the animal, the amount of tissue that you're going yeah. through. I mean, there's, and then that's one of the things you know when when I shot my bull, um, I started to look at everything right because you blame yourself. I don't care who you are, you're gonna you're gonna blame yourself, but then you're gonna look oh, yeah. for where you think the holes in your game are at. Um, yeah. and, you know, being honest about it, like, you know, I, I replayed, I had film, so I replayed that film over and over and over. And I mean, it's like, dude, that, that was a dead bull. Um, yeah. you know, that shot, my shot was, I had a, a small window in between trees. I'm going to say that was probably a foot side to side, 15 inches max. Right. So I had oh, this yeah. small window and I should have brought my pin down on that lung and I was a bit high on the lung. It was rear lung um, and it was a little bit high. So I should have brought it down. But the one thing that I, I immediately stopped using was the broadheads. Um, Oh yeah. Because it was just like, man, that, you know, thinking about that broadhead and thinking about that animal, it was like that, that is not the blood that I want to be seeing. I want, you know, I want bleed. And my setup, my setup was a little bit light. Um, yeah. I think for, for that animal. Oh, okay. And I'm not a super like, yeah. you know, FOC or super heavyweight guy. Um, yeah. And I, but I'm not on the other side of that. I'm not a speed guy either. Right. I want this balanced arrow. And I think yeah. that not, not changing the setup outside of going from mechanicals to fixed was a mistake. Um, okay. I think I should have had a little bit more weight on that arrow. I mean, outside of shot placement, a little more weight on that arrow and a little more width on my, on my, uh, broadhead would have, would have been really nice. Cause that's a, that's a big, tough SOB, man. Oh dude. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I, so I don't know what weight you're shooting, but I, my total arrow weight is 577. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that's a puncher. Well, <laughs> I don't know how, how high you're going, but it's it's a pretty it's a tank. <laughs> that whitetail actually ran after that. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> that's punching. Yeah, but uh, but the cow elk that I shot mm-hmm. that I actually killed with, it don't it literally took uh, four steps and fell over. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what really made me a believer in in, in the way you know that. Uh, yeah and now, it was a, th- a through and through you know right through the double lung and everything what uh are, now are you running heavy weight with high foc or are you just running a heavier arrow with a good balanced foc yeah heavy, heavier arrow with just balanced it's uh i use the 125 grain kudus mm-hmm. is what i use and then uh the day six arrows what uh they actually shot those day six that was my elk arrows last year um, 
I actually, I like them. I want them. They're they're (laughs) a stout dude. That's a stout arrow. I mean, they're, and that's one of the things I shoot so much that if an arrow doesn't, you know, if I can't get some longevity out of the arrow because it's breaking or cracking, I can't shoot them. I, I shoot far too frequently. And, uh, yeah. I've been shooting the Black Eagle Rampage um, is my yeah. is my deer arrow. We'll call it my smaller mm-hmm. game arrow. Um, but those day yeah. six, man, that uh, they held up last year. They did phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've messed up, you know, a few different times with those arrows where I've I've actually hit a piece of concrete mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a couple of stumps. And I mean, they didn't crack or anything. I, you know, I check them after I shoot them and all that, and they they hold held up. So I don't know. Yeah. They're they're pretty solid arrows, man. Yeah, they're stout. I, and I won. Yeah. I, like I said, I won mine, so I was I was more than happy to shoot them things, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to beat beat that setup. I think, but. Um, yeah, because that cow I shot, it it went through, you know, it missed the the entrance um, ribs, but on the exit it broke a rib in half and still did a full pass through. So Damn. I was pretty happy. Like, and the arrow was perfectly fine after that. Yeah, are you shooting the uh, the contour plus or the just the regular contours? No, just the regular the contours. Regular ones, yeah, yeah. They, uh, you gonna try those contour plus? Yeah, I'm I'm actually gonna buy some this year. I think. Do they were so I I I got some. I think they had right before they came out, and uh, hit them up. They sent me some, and I shot them into some ballistics gel. And uh, yeah, dude, I was I was impressed. I was a little bit worried that the bleeder was gonna slow down the rotation. Um, yeah. you know, after entry, and it it didn't seem to affect it as much as I thought it was gonna, but what was crazy was the amount of damage the wound channel had from that little bleeder. I mean, I was, I was sold, man. You know, I like, I, you couldn't, you couldn't convince me away from single bevel at this point. Um, and then to add that bleeder and watch it compound the damage that the blade is doing as it rotates and that bleeder's just slicing more. I'm like, there, there's, yeah. it, it can't get any better in terms of elk, right? Like that is, that is, oh, yeah. and I don't care what broadhead, right? Single bevel broadhead that you're shooting. Uh, I want to try the, the Cayugas iron wheel just came out with some, uh, with some single bevels with and without bleeders. I mean, they're just, Oh, I can't yeah, think of the other so ones. Cool. Um, I know day six came out with some too. Same. It almost looks like an iron wheel. Mm-hmm. Also day six has the single bevels now, huh? Yes. Oh yeah. shoot. I'm gonna have to get some of those. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do some testing, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm curious yeah, to see. There's some, there's some solid broadheads on the market, man. Those, the kudus, yeah. the kudus are excellent, dude. I, I can shoot those out and we were, testing them at 108 yards. Um, oh, wow. And they were like our groups at 108 were phenomenal for a broadhead, in my opinion. I mean, we were, we were plugging two and three inch groups and wow, 
you know, to watch and, and we're tuned, right? I'm anal when it comes to my setup. So we're really, yeah. you know, we're really tuned, but do those things were, it was effortless. Like I can go from 20 all the way back to 108 and I wasn't tweaking anything. Um, some wow. of the other broadheads we were shooting, we were having to make minor adjustments um, to make up for their yeah. distance. And man, those were, they were on the money. It was, yeah, they're impressive. I, I, Another thing I noticed with those things, they don't break, you know, like some of them do like the hardened steel, mm -hmm. like these ones will bend. So, you know, if it hits a rib on the way in, it kind of, it kind of creates a lot more damage when it bends like that. Right. When it's flexing. Yeah. 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 I, I really like yeah. those broadheads, man. I just want to geek out and, you know, do uh, oh, yeah. shoot some gel and, and see, you know, <laughs> especially with all the and I shouldn't say they're new. Right. Because a lot of them have been around um, but yeah. with this, you know, the single bevel with the bleeder, man, I, I'm I'm itching to get my yeah. hands on all that stuff so I can send them down range. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of them on the market now. It's just like. Where do I start? Well, the, yeah. Well, the problem <laughs> the problem is is the cost. Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. At least kudo point is pretty. You know, it's a uh, relative to most people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There because the, the cost is getting up there. Like the Cayugas are pretty expensive. Um, yeah. Iron wheels. I those don't even. I think I I pre ordered them. I think they come out and I think they start shipping in like March or something like that. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, they get a little bit spendy, man. Yeah, definitely. But it's all in good archery funds, so screw it. I'm spending the money. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Only have my wife to yell at me. Yeah. So same here. I, what was that? Oh no, I was gonna say. So you had I, I kind of brought it up earlier. Is you you had a post the other day, right? And it was uh, talking about the mountains humbling you. Um, no matter how many yep. times, man, you go tackle that, you could tackle that same mountain, right? But you, you push yep. yourself a little bit more each time, man. Give us a little bit of a little bit on that, because I look at it like, man, it's it's the best, like belittlement, if you will, of myself that I can have is going out in the mountain and just realizing how absolutely minute I am while I'm oh, out dude. there. Yeah. So there, there's a specific mountain range that I like to climb out here. And it's, uh, it's, I don't know how to explain the feeling, but like once you get, if you finally get to the top and you realize like not a lot of people can do what you're doing and I don't know how to explain that feeling, but it's just like you're on top of the world. Um, yeah. Um, just recently I had back surgery, so I kind of had to test myself a few times and, you know, just being able to climb up a hill right now is kind of, you know, it's, it's uplifting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I'm, I'm one of those type of guys that's over, over the next ridge type of people. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. think more and more, a lot of us are that way, right? It, it's just, oh, yeah. you, you get to that, you get to that. There's my limit point. And you have yes. that realization like, okay, that wasn't, that's not my limit. Or if yeah, that was my limit, further. can I go a little <laughs> bit further? And uh, yep. there's so, there's so much to be said about the growth in that. Um, yeah. But it keeps you motivated, like looking towards something, which I think kind of lacks in, you know, and I, 
overall, right? I mean, just in general, that kind of lacks that that constant motivation and where you find yeah. it, you know? Yep. Yeah, and I, I mean, a lot of it is I, I've always been able to work out hard and all that stuff. And then when this whole back issue happened, it kind of set me back a little bit, kind of put me in a, you know, a, a dark place, really. So, you know, I went through elk season and all that with my, herniated back and uh, I was still climbing up to the top of the mountains and stuff. It might've hurt at the end of the day, but like, I don't know, it was just motivation for me to, to get back up there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, there's power in that too, right? Where, you know, you're, you have the pain and you're pushing through that pain and you realize like, okay, yes, it's physical, but a lot of this I can't is that's more mental than anything. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, and it's uh, if it's something that you love to do, I mean, you're gonna do it anyways. Yeah, passion, so. passion will push it out of you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh... well, yeah, the, yeah, it doesn't matter like what shape you think you're in. The mountains definitely humble you every time. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's a good humble man. That uh, it keeps you grounded. Yeah, it definitely does. You know? Yeah, because you'll you'll think about it for like a week before you go on that you know hiking trip or mm-hmm. hunting trip that you're doing. You have it all mapped out, and then once you actually go hit it, it's like, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and then you get well. So we went we went on a hike, and I've been looking at this mountain and going, man, I should I want to get up there. I want to get up, and I just put it off and put it off and put it off. Oh, I don't have time. And then set out just to do it. And then you're standing and you're well the view wasn't nothing because it was all socked in. But you know, you're standing yep. on the highest point looking out across yep. everything like, why did I put this off? I mean, this is this is what maybe it's, you know, it's what I needed when I needed it type thing. Um yeah. but man, that uh there ain't nothing like it, dude. But you, no, you're so small like that. We hold ourselves on this plat, you know, this this pedestal. We're so, you know, yeah. grandiose. And you get up there and you're just a piss ant, just a little tiny piece of nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. When, yeah, when you can look around and, you know, see 100, 200 miles away, you know, from your point, like in a 360, you're just like, yeah, I'm pretty small right now. <laughs> I knew so what yeah, you got? Uh, what you got chomping uh, for twenty twenty one, man? I saw I saw your post and you did uh, you got a deal or something with Ride On Optics? That's cool. Yeah, so that's gonna be a, a big one. That I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Veteran owned company and all that. Uh, literally just got picked up the last like three days ago or something like that. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, so I I mean I've had one of their scopes for a year now. Mm-hmm. And, but they have revamped their whole line now. So everything that they have now is kind of new to me, but, uh, they have like really competitive prices and, uh, yeah, it's pretty much for your beginning hunter and then all the way to your long range hunter. That's nice. Yeah. They're, so, they're coming yeah. up, man. Right on has made some big strides. I'm going to say in the last year and a half, some big strides. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And a bunch of my buddies are, you know, in with them too. So just, just made sense. I like supporting the veteran owned companies and small business and all that. Okay. So what, what in terms of hunting do you have planned? I got, uh, hopefully spring bear coming up. I, I have a few points for that now. 
So hopefully I'll draw a spring bear tag. And uh, then turkey. I'm getting my wife and my daughter into that this year. <laughs> so so there's going to be a whole lot of turkey action. Yeah, elk, um, elk birds. Thing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, elk, deer, and birds. Yeah. Definitely going back to Oregon again. So if you're, the plan. if you're spring bear hunting, dude, bears are dying because you, you've done good on I bears, so. man. Yeah. I just, I mean, I've just had, just from whitetail hunting, I'll set up a camera, you know, and I'll have bears on almost every one of my cameras, you know, locations that I set up. Yeah. So it's, it's not hard to find bears in Eastern Washington. <laughs> they just hit us today here, man. They're uh, trying to uh, get rid of that here. No more, no more bear hunting. Oh, yes. I've seen, I've actually seen an article on that just before I got on here, actually. Craziness, man. <laughs> Who knows? It's California, dude. Every, we're going to be attacked on every front. You know, they, they got the mountain lion yeah. deal. They're on the endangered yeah. list until I think it's 2025 for reevaluation. They try to kill us on any uh, enclosed hunting, right? They said it was it was under the guise of you know this ultimate pig tag deal, and it kind of banned any hunting on enclosed property. So, you know, anything with three strand or any kind of fence or anything you couldn't hunt on. Um, oh, okay. And now this is just the next attack on it, man. You know, ban the ban the the bear hunting. We can't hunt them with hounds. You can't hunt them over bait. We don't have a spring bear season. Uh, populations yeah. are high as they've ever been. Um, yeah, and it's you know it's just another another humane society attacked on what we're doing. I think it's to me it's yeah. all calculated, right? And and this could be well, my hunter's foil hat, but if you can affect. <laughs> the predator population and get that on a rise and get it to where those numbers are super high. You're going to affect the, the ungulate population, right? It's yeah, going to go definitely. down. So now you're going to affect the amount of tags that are available because now we're doing yep. counts supposedly because um, they sure as shit ain't doing them on the bear or the, the lions. Uh, now yeah. there's not enough. Oh, sorry. You can't hunt deer now because we don't have the numbers. Um, yeah. It's just, it, to me, it's all calculated, but you know, I don't know, man. I don't even have a yeah. bear biologist for the state DFG. So how they came up uh, with this is is beyond me. Yeah, I was going to say, because I thought the population was on the rise over there for for black bear. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I was actually surprised two years ago. They put, instead of one bear per year over here, they increase it to two. Mm-hmm. So you can shoot, if you draw a spring bear tag, you can shoot one then and then one in the fall wow or you can shoot two in the fall and you guys can you guys bait or hound no you can't do either one of those so you're not too far behind (laughs) us yeah i'm hoping they you know follow idaho's suit but yeah right western state coalition (laughs) western state coalition (laughs) buddy washington oregon california nevada get ready i know Yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty excited for bear though. I've been pretty. I've I never even started hunting bear until two years ago. Yeah, so. yeah, and then you have like, had a hell of a bear, a hell of a bear career so far. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's, I've been pretty fortunate. That's for sure. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, shoot, brother, I'll let you back to life, man. I appreciate the time. Um, I've been, you know, like I told you before, kicking myself in the butt for uh blowing it on that first recording that we did so i appreciate you taking the time and 
uh, getting this one that I could actually release down. <laughs> yeah, no problem. More stuff to talk about, right? Heck yeah. So, but all right, brother. Good luck this season, man. Um, yeah, keep doing what you do, man. I love following along and watching you and the girls get out, man. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Look forward to seeing your adventures as well. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we have some, man. Get this governor out of here. <laughs> all right, man. Later. Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. We spend a lot of time preparing for our hunts and how we fuel our efforts is key. Head over to valleytopeaknutrition.com, helping you perform optimally in the backcountry. Sign up for Mountain Hunter Box on our partners page. Mountain Hunter Box is a monthly subscription box for backcountry hunters. Receive quality hunting gear and camping gear at your doorstep every month. You can select the species you want to hunt and the method of take with three, six, and 12-month subscription options. Use Western Contours at checkout.